Good afternoon, brothers and sisters, young and old. I'm sitting here with the burden of the Lord upon me, looking at John chapter 7, the contextual verses is 37 through 39. Let me go ahead and read it, uh, and then I'll give you a little background. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him, come. Yeah, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, said, From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit, as you and I know, um, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Focus the focus scriptures. Let us go ahead and focus on verse number 38. Again, I read it. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. By the way, this is the New American Standard Version. Um, for those that wish to follow along in your scriptures. And of course, yes, knowing that Jesus has just told us that um, and that river of living water is the Holy Spirit, which is given now because Jesus is back on the throne and ruling and reigning, uh, being king and right now intercessor over us and most high priest. But uh, let's think for a moment. <clears throat> let's kind of uh, visualize while I was meditating upon this, the Lord brought to mind could either be the Jordan River, could be the Mississippi River, whatever. Major river, major body of water. Not the oceans, of course. Atlantic or Pacific or whatnot. But an actual river that you know of. It could be the Amazon. Just pick a river. Don't care. It doesn't matter. When you picture those things flowing, I mean flowing without hindrance, without problems, yes, there'll be, you know, what is the dam? You got the Hoover Dam is the only one that's coming to mind. If you're from Massachusetts and you know there's a, I think that was the uh, Yankee Atomic Plant Dam, uh, which I think it's not active anymore. I can't recall. Obviously, it's been years up there. If you think of those dams, you need a visualization. Is, visualization is a dam. What is a dam? You got the Hoover dams, what they're doing. They are hindering, they're basically they're stopping the flow of water. Uh, now yeah, they may be serving a purpose, yeah, for a power, providing power for a nearby community or village. But what those dams are also doing is they're holding back that water just for one or two particular communities or a whole city or whatever, or several communities, whoever are fed by the, uh, the power that generates through them. Again, I don't know the workings of those types of dams. I just know they block the water from flowing freely. If anybody is in the spirit, you can easily see what the Lord is trying to communicate with us. For those that aren't, I would try my best to let the Lord speak through me clearly and distinctly. If we kind of picture in our minds for a second, don't let it dwell there, let the Lord dwell there only. That water is being held back 
from something that's downstream for another community, another group of people, or it could be just one person that's requiring that water, then needing that water. Uh, so here it is by the greediness of those power companies we use this use of it. Uh, there are other uses of creating a dam, but we'll use that one because it's most readily known, more well known in the United States. When we keep back the majority of those waters that were meant by God to be flowing and nourishing you know, lots of people along that line, these living waters in this case is everybody that believes. It nourishes everybody. Praise God, if everybody in the whole world will get saved, then it would, this one living water would nourish everybody. Just oh, visualize that for a second. Praise God for that. But by holding back the waters behind the dam, somebody downstream is being withheld. In relation to the living waters, the Holy Spirit, for us that are filled with the Holy Spirit, when God fills us up during our devotion time in the morning, when we feel, or in the morning time devotion, before we go out the door, before we go to work or to the to the church house, to the ministry center, wherever our work hap at that particular season in our life happens to be. If you minister to young people, if you minister to the elderly, if you minister to whoever, first of all, we can't go out, we can't even fathom going out of our house without being completely filled with the living waters, filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't go out half filled. It's like you give yourself a glass of milk or a glass of Gatorade or a glass of water. You're not going to just half fill it. You're going to fill it to the top. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to come in and fill us to overflowing. And it's not just the overflowing that has to go out and fill others and bless others with that and nourish others. It's all in its winners so that at the end of the day, each particular day that God gives us, we should be drained and we should be running back to, like Jesus says, for anyone that is, in verse 37, for anyone that is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. We should, like we go all day and we drink water, have glasses of water all day long or Coca-Cola at lunchtime or whatever, a Pepsi or Gatorade, whatever the case may be, or milk, whatever the case may be. Um, it's going to come down to, we're, we're going to need water. You know, we can't live forever on milk. Too much calcium will, I don't know the full health effects, but obviously because that's not my talent. But too much milk will hurt. Too much Gatorade, too much soda will hurt. But there's no such thing as too much water, except a lot of trips to the bathroom. <laughs> Um, which waste time we think the Holy Spirit so we need to be going out each morning we need to not even be going out if we need to get up early in the morning to do it so be it we need to be going out saying Jesus fill me up to overflowing and allow me to be the vessel your chosen vessel to empty me out to be poured out as that drink offering to others as Paul says in I believe it's Second Timothy when he was coming near the end of his ministry. He knew his life was coming to the end. He knew he was going to be getting ready to go home with the Lord. He says, I have been poured out as a drink offering. Although now it's my time to depart. Uh, it's like he knew it. He was 
constantly refreshed, constantly reborn, constantly refilled, and constantly being poured out to people like Timothy, disciples like Timothy, James, Titus, whatever. I mean, uh, James, yeah, I think James is one of them. Don't call me on that one. I'm not thinking this morning. I'm trying to focus on this. But if we ourselves build dams in our lives, we are withholding that power of the Holy Spirit that's when, it's, when He's flowing into us, He's supposed to be flowing through it as you read here in the Scriptures. It don't just fill us up and overflow. It's got to go to whoever the Lord intends for it to go to that day. If it's our co-workers, if it's our fellow students, if it's the students in college, whatever. We are to be poured out and be pouring out His Spirit upon others. That means pouring out the grace, telling people about the grace of God, telling them what He's done with us. Bless them, praise them throughout the day. Will we lose people? Will we lose friends? I'm sure about it. Because not all of them want that pouring out. Well, not all of them want that grace at this moment. Just keep praying and let God work on their hearts. But uh, let's focus back on the dams again. By building dams in our lives. Let me get some examples of some dams that the Lord has put upon my heart at one time. This is only a limited. There's others other ones, you may have other ones, but some of, a major dam is, for those of us that are working well, is our job. We may accept the job that God does not want us to be at. We just, it may be the kind of a job that may pay a high dollar figure, we say, oh good, we can feed our families, you know, we can keep the roof over our head, whatever, we can do all that. It's just, all that stuff comes from God's enemies when we search for Him. Period. We are not to get ourselves in debt. Debt is a major is a major dam. And what that's doing that's taking a limiting and one of the blessings that comes with the living waters is is financially to provide our needs by having a job coming in like that. But we're getting all those assets. We're getting a home, big home, big fancy car. We may even think we have a big fancy ministry that never came from God. All, all those as hindrances, it takes money to pay for those things. So we have all these big dams built up. Living waters are coming in. It's all being expended on who? Self. On ourselves. And it's not allowed to flow freely through. An example of that one was the Pharisees in Matthew twenty three thirteen, which uh, was actually a chastening from the Lord to the scribes and the Pharisees. Let me read the verse. Matthew, again, Matthew 23, verse 13. And this is just one example. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do do you allow those who are entering to go in. Basically, that's a dam. That's a dam that was put there by us, by man. Well, not us in general, obviously. Or maybe. There may be some of us that are doing that. That is no longer allowing that spirit to flow through freely 
to reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The more damage we have in our lives, the more the Spirit is being hindered by us. Another, another thing that can happen with these dams coming in, not only are people being not being blessed through us, when God blesses us, whether it be financially or with a home, that blessing is never just for us. It's always about our mindset should have the mindset of God Himself, where He sent His Son Jesus to come down and die for us, die for our sins on the cross. He did not have to do that. He was not required by no covenant or anything. That was purely His love for us. We are the human beings are His most supposed to be His most glorifying. I'm using a wrong word here, but help me, those, you brothers and sisters that are out there, his most prized creation. We are the ones who did. He didn't send Jesus to die for cats and dogs, or monkeys, or, ch uh, or elephants. He cares about them, but the, our main one is his main creation that was very good was us. Yes, he cares about the earth. It's crazy. He cares about the heavens. He knows them all by name out there. But we are still his prize. It was us. He sent Jesus to die for the sins. And it's heartening to know now, before I didn't care that much. I was more concerned about me, me, me. We get our minds. But now, I, I care about if somebody doesn't receive Jesus, I know where they're going to end up. And then, you know, there'll be no praising for their possessions. They'll be crying and weeping and screaming forever. No one will hear them. I mean, and it will be a torment. I mean, because that's what hell is. I mean, that's separation from God. But that's one warning, you know, that's one warning for not building dams that hinder the uh, movement of the Holy Spirit. Uh, another warning, we're going to go to the church of uh, Laodicea. always struggle with pronouncing that, so I apologize for that. Uh, praise God for his forgiveness, and I ask you for yours. You know, they were talking about a lukewarmness, and I think what happened with that one, we focus on just being filled with the Holy Spirit for ourselves, or for our immediate earthly, which, are temp which is the temporary family, a shadow of it, but a temporary family, um, we become very lukewarm. We don't look to the outside. I mean, we don't do nothing with God's word anymore. We just get up, we read a little bit, and we don't look at it as His word, living word, alive, that can speak to us when we receive it and desire it, when we desire it to, and not just as an obligation. We'll become lukewarm. And Jesus says He doesn't want lukewarmness. He either wants us hot or cold, or He will spew us out of our mouth. My version says, spit outside of his mouth. Uh, we know King James says spew. It's just a similar word there. Uh, again, so if we consider just even those simple little dams could either be looked on as, uh, yes, it could be physical dams. If for you, for y'all that just graduated, uh, high school or college, uh, if your plan is to continue the education or to work, you got to think, wait a minute, uh, if I work and I'm given this much salary, 
do I want to buy a home and a car uh, on our an RV just so I can enjoy it and do I want a wife that uh, you know we can just enjoy the blessings of the Lord do we actually want to serve the Lord do we want you know by getting this big house or getting that big car we need to ponder with the Lord in prayer and not just talking to him but listening to him you may say Lord do you want me to have this job uh and if I had this job, I may pay a lot of money, but I may have to work 60, 70, 80 hours. Uh, I was sort of offered, to give an example of something just recently happened to me, uh, and I still may consider it on a part-time basis for a little while, but I'm still pondering. I don't believe it's in the Lord. If it's if I confirm it's not the Lord, verify it, then I won't take it, no matter what, um, to be to continue on working on a line crew. You know, right now, just starting out being a flagger, you know, the money can be decent. The travel will be decent, get to meet different people and go to different locations. You know, Taiwan locations, but they work uh, seven days a week. And I know clearly what the Lord says about working seven days a week. No matter what, we should never be desperate enough for work, for money, to work seven days a week. Because if we are, we've just created them. Uh, we're not able because if we're out there working, we're not, able, we're not able to bless other people. Blessing other people don't mean just giving them a check or giving them a Walmart card to help food out there. Yes, that's good, and God wants us to do that, and we best do it if we see a homeless person that truly is homeless, or if we see someone that truly is hungry and not just hungry for drugs or for booze. Um, then yes, we are commanded to do so and we should not hinder it. But if we're just going to hand them a bag of uh, Chick-fil-A or Burger King food or a bag of groceries from Walmart without sitting down and uh, praying with them and you know, letting that river of living waters flow uh, through us, and touching upon them, it may be that that person has been is going through this, that particular situation, being allowed by God to break them of themselves of whatever habits they had in the past that they've clung to, and they may not be saved yet. And God may be ready to use you as a willing vessel, saying, "Okay, he needs food, or she needs food. Uh, go over there and." Buy them, buy them a value meal, whatever, and then pray with them, and then listen with them. Whatever, God will give you the words when it comes up. We are not just do. I see it so many times. We just come in and we leave a couple bags of groceries to somebody, or give a Walmart card so they can purchase food or something like that. Uh, make sure it's not a Walmart that has booze in it. If that's what their stronghold is, we don't know. The Lord will tell us that. If we listen, we may miss it, we may not. We'll just If we miss it, we'll confess, repent, and don't do it again. Um, again, that's like another dam when we don't listen to them completely. That's a dam. If we're just saying, well, I got the money, so here, I'll give them some money here, uh, buy some food, or I'll go give them a food, and hand them food, and then, you know, I did my good deed. Did you? We are always supposed to proclaim the gospel. We are never, repeat, never just supposed to provide somebody physical nourishment and leave them with that. Now, it may not be 
that person is going to get saved at that moment may just be, God just says, remind them of this. Remind them who He is. Remind them that I create them. Reminding them of my love. They may mock, they may spit. Oh, they're going to take the food. <laughs> uh, I guarantee you that one. But it may just be, that's not it. It may just be, boom, you just wanted to see. Oh, you just planned to see. Or major says, God, I'm ready to save him. Go over, bring him food. I want him strong when I save him. Or her. Again, but if we're just giving the money, if we're just using that dollars, thinking that we're satisfying the gospel, that's a damn. See, that's so many dams we created. We got so many little selves in the church. I want to talk about one in the church because God tells us as believers clearly, you know, our motivation should never be to judge because he's a judge, but our motivation should be uh, to correct a brother and sister that's stumbling uh, and going back and forth and help them get back on the right track. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ for us to believe in Jesus. We can all have the living waters flowing through us, into us and through us, through us constantly throughout the day. Yes, we will become weak. You know, if we work nights instead, if we get fit up before we go to work, we're going to be drained by the time we come back. Not just physically from the work, because I'm working nights currently, but also from allowing the rivers of water to flow through it. So again, those are just a couple of dams. I'm going to get ready to close here. Um, but those are just a few of the dam, uh, dams that we can have in us and that can flow the Holy Spirit from going. Don't let that dam continue. Ask God to come in and says, God, show me the dams that I put in my lives. Because I guarantee in America, in the, in the body of Christ, we all have created them. We get those. You know, God sends out an occasional, a genuine revival from Him, not a revival from man. I don't know how man can have a revival, except for your flesh gets uh, feeling good. I mean, that's not a revival from God. God ain't, gonna, God ain't here to tickle the flesh. He's here to raise up our spirits, to direct our bodies, which are only temporary, to go where He needs us to go. We got to remember, we were bought with a price. The highest price ever. Satan can't buy his back. He never can. But he can ponder the witness that God has made us to be. He can create dams into us. He'll put stomach blocks. He'll, put, he'll be allowed to put a job. That's all. As a matter of fact, he's even doing what God allows him to do. He has to come for permission. But he doesn't have permission to take a life. He, God doesn't give him that permission. You see it in Job, and you see it in another one of his servants. He says, go put a stumble. I think I just read in either Chronicles or Kings, they're both somewhat related, where, oh, that's right, it was with Ahab. Uh, this is coming to me, praise the Lord, for some reason. Uh, they were Ahab, and I think it was ah, Zechariah the king. The other king, that's when Israel was split up because of disobedience. Um, when we know Ahab was a wicked king, Zechariah was a godly king who strayed the wrong way. I think I'm kind of getting off a little bit from tenure, but I, this is too strong in my head. I think somebody may need to hear it, maybe me. Uh, when Ahab was listening to false prophets, 
Zechariah was trying to listen to the Lord. So he says, okay, let's pray. Zechariah knew those prophets were wrong. Well, just before that in heaven, when they started praying, obviously Ahab was praying to a different God himself. Uh, this shows a particular verse in the scripture. I'm sure some of, us, some of y'all have read it already. Where the scene in heaven, God's hearing the prayer. God says, who should I send to... Uh, uh, the, the direct out there, and all of a sudden, nowhere, another angel will call him. Because remember, Satan was still, is still, it was still an angel out there. He's still in there. He's still spirit. He never had a physical body. He used to be an angel of the Lord until he got prideful and rebelled. But he still was never, you know, God, like Judas spent those three years with Jesus. I mean, he never received him at all. Satan was the same way. Luther was the same way. But anyways, he approached God and said, I'll do it. He says, how are you going to do it? I put a deceiving spirit into those prophets. A deceiving word in those prophets out there and they'll fall for it. And he did. That's when he said, should we attack these people or not? You know, knowing that was Ahab's last day on earth. He was going to get killed. God said, do it. He was gone. Ahab wasn't going to repent. Wasn't going to turn around. Him and his wife Jezebel. They already were owned by Satan, basically. He said, I'll put a deceiving spirit. He didn't say take the life. He said, I'll put a deceiving spirit and send them out. Out there into that battle where God knew they were going to lose. Because they disobeyed. Zechariah was spared. Ahab was uh, the one who was taken down. So God is even, oh praise God. Even in those situations, God still protects us when we serve him. Ahab, Ahab, like, to get, I don't know if that was related, I don't think that was related out there, but if you look back, that's just one area that, what happens when we put dams, when we put ourselves, that's our biggest dam, is ourself. We put ourselves first. We put our earthly family above the eternal family. Yes, needs have to be met. When we get, uh, you know, when God blesses for wife, if it's his will, for those that are, unless those that are called, like Paul, or Barnabas, uh, possibly Timmy, Timothy, uh, and the others, but I'm not gonna, I don't know them all, that we know we're called to stay single. Philip doesn't really say he was, uh, married, um, but for those who are married, the, Marital family, that's a temporary marriage. Yes, it's a shadow of the permanent marriage where we will all go through as, as believers, as the bride of Christ in heaven. But that is still temporary. The enemy has planted seeds within much of the American church. As well as it's around the overseas, but we're in America. God has places in America for such a time as this. Yes, we want to stay. Marriage is still between one man and one woman, but that is still a secondary thinking for us. Our first thoughts as believers has to be the Lord thy God. We have to love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and we have to love our neighbors as ourselves, not less than ourselves, not putting behind us, before ourselves. Those are still. Summing up the Ten Commandments, there are still our requirements that we have to obey. 
not in our flesh, because we can obey nothing in our flesh. It's in Christ. It's been fulfilled, but we still have to obligate it. We still have to love Him. But we have confused. I see so many people that's created them a family. They put the earthly family above the eternal family. And by doing that, you make it a big house, thinking, oh, okay, we're obeying God, we're doing this, we're providing house, we have a job of six figures. Are you always home, sir? Does your job take you away five days a week or keep you away from that family? That job wasn't from God. That job was to you know, serve you, was to serve the flesh. If every job, if God provides whoever with a family, if it takes them away, you're not providing for your family. You're not there. You're not being a godly example. That's another damn. Possibly. I believe that will be a damn because it's a hindrance from the flow of the Spirit of God. Yeah, you may be in it, being a witness without there in a job, but you're not being a, wit, a general witness because your family is still back at home. The wife was never, the woman was never intended to rule the home alone. It was meant to. Adam was first, Eve was next. Eve was the sin. When the man is not present in the home, the devil will have full reign. And I'm not saying nothing against you women, you ladies, awesome ladies that are filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God for you. May God continue to bless you, pour your spirit. May you continue to be witnesses for him. But God, you know the way God designed it. One, they're both equals, yes. That's why we have to love the Lord our God with all our soul and strength. Yes, praise him. That those other dams that's all come about first because we want more in America. We want more of this. Big house. We want a job to have six figures. And I guarantee it's not all from God. If it is, praise God. If God blesses you with a six figure income and you know, but he says, What kind of house you want to get? Do you truly want a two, three hundred thousand dollar home, million dollar mansion down at Piper Glen for those who are in Charlotte? And I don't know all the areas in the country. You know, because yeah, I ain't been there. I'm Massachusetts. If you want a million dollar home, you know, half a million dollar condo, you just hinted it. Why do you want this for yourself? God blesses you with that much, it's to bless others. For you preachers that are standing up in there, pastors of Christ, shepherds, God puts you over a shepherd, it's not just to be a pastor, it's to be a shepherd, it's to be a prayer. It's not to get a big salary so you and your family can have a big house and do that. It's to shepherd the his little portion of flock that he has right there. When he blesses big churches, it's not for a humongous church building. Who says you got to meet there? You can run out. You can go to school. You can go to next school. There are warehouses that are sitting empty. The guy could easily use. For inexpensively than building a big humongous sanctuary. We think we glorify God by having a big sanctuary. We've created another major dam right there. We've taken blessings for the God through tithes and offerings to buy a big structure. Yes, I may not have taxes because right now churches don't have taxes. That's going to change. With the economy, the way it's going down, it ain't going to go up in our time. It's not going to do it. Read the scriptures. It's not going to do it. Jesus is getting ready to come, young people. And not so young people like me. Uh, 
you're just going to wake up and it ain't going to happen. It's not going up. That There's roughly still 10 million people still unemployed. A lot of them are believers. They have businesses that don't want to hire. That's another damn. Because we don't want to pay wages. We want to pay ourselves. That's another damn. We may call it stewardship. We may call it finances. You know, being a good steward of God, we may call it, uh, that ain't stewardship. Because you bought, he, he doesn't give us the business for ourselves. He gives the business to provide for some, allow somebody to provide for us and somebody else. He doesn't make his managers just for ourselves. Makes the managers to be a coaching example. Managers are supposed to be a coach to be with them, not jumping down the throat every time they make a mistake. And not to say you're either going to do it our way or the highway. That's not a godly steward. That's not a godly manager. That one I had to learn the highway. Gotta trust me when a managerial step. And at first, until he got my attention, I was a typical manager like that. I was hard nosed. But then I got reminded, wait a minute, you were at that level. You want people to work for you? I want people to respect, I want people to come to work. I worked as a, under managers that actually cared about us, that did not stay in the office, in their own little office, and walk around. And while us get the hard work, let somebody, customer come up and cuss us out for wrong orders from the Burger King. I mean, because the manager wasn't available. I mean, that's not a major manager to let you go through that, that, oh, you did it wrong, you're fired. That is not the kind of fear God wants us to have. God wants to have a reverence, reverential fear of Him. He's not going to take us out every time we do something. We can make a mistake six, seven, eight times. I would not suggest it because that's testing God. But we better be learning from our mistakes. He wants us to learn. He wants us to use it as a stepping point um, to grow in our faith, to grow in the grace of God. I'll tell you, you know, we can make two or three mistakes but if we learn a little bit each time then we can still obey God out of it. he's not going to cast it out because we make no mistake me and myself right now in the circumstance one of the circumstances that I'm in right now I feel so alone I feel the body of Christ is not there I call out the friends and they're always too busy we should brothers and sisters we should never I've been guilty of it we should never repeat that's a sin against God. Be too busy when a brother or sister calls, either wants to talk or be there or whatever. We should never, ever be too busy. That is not scriptural. That is not biblical. And that's an outright sin against God. Period. That means we've created a dam in our life. When we are flowing freely, letting God flow freely through us, then everybody gets, gets the grace of God. Benefits from the grace of God and the mercy of God. So, let me go ahead and close there. Uh, I'm going to close with this prayer inside my heart. Thank you for your patience out there. Thank you for a little bit of preaching there. It went out from the teaching. I don't know why exactly. I'm saying why God brought it all out. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray uh, right now. So everybody kind of bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for giving us the uh, river of living waters. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming upon us. May you continue to fill us up each day and pour us out throughout the day. Uh, 
as acceptable vessels to you, Lord. When we come to you as Romans 12, 12 1 says that there is presenting you ourselves. Here's our temple, living sanctuary. Living temple in the Lord, uh, as you sanct- as you sanctify it every day, as you make it holy every day, may you fill it up. May you transform us in dreams. May you renew our thinking, our minds, and to get your thinking, to get your mindset. We we, we go into us right now. Purge us out of all our dams that we've created. Remove every dams. If you had to remove a job from somebody else, this that's being a dam has become a dam in our lives. If you had to remove a house that's become a dam in our life, if you had to remove a relationship that's become a dam, if you had to remove a thought or thinking or a way of thinking that's been that was come upon us for all from several generations ago, remove it, Father God. Anything that's stopping the free flowing of your living waters, of you, Holy Spirit, to flow into us and through us every single day, Father God, that you give us, please remove it. Anything that hinders us, Father God, let it not be there anymore. And I ask for these to hear this message, Father God, I pray that you will continue to prove, you will continue to remove those dams, that you will not, if a dam is being ready to be formed, I pray that you will send forth something that will blow that dam right out of the water and that water once again begin to flow. That you will send whatever you need to send, Father God, only you know what needs to remove it, Father God. Just remove it in Jesus' name. Love y'all.